This is a podcast by the Business Times. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the BT Mark to Market podcast. My name is Ben Paul, and I'm a senior correspondent at the Business Times. This series of podcasts, which is based on my weekly column in the Business Times, aims to provide analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. We are in the month of February 2022, and so far, it's been a pretty good year for investors with most of their money parked in Singapore stocks. The Straits Times Index is up a very strong 9.7% since the beginning of the year, which is quite remarkable given that the S&P 500 has actually fallen 5.5% during the same period. One segment of the local market that hasn't done well recently are the REITs. Since the beginning of the year, the IH SREIT Leaders Index has fallen 4.3%. This could be due to macroeconomic factors, in particular the fact that inflation and interest rates are rising and weighing on yield-oriented investment instruments. But the REITs didn't perform well over most of 2021 either, and there was a growing sense of dissatisfaction among investors about a couple of things. One of them has been the persistent placements and acquisitions by the REITs. The other has been the proposed mergers of REITs that have common sponsors. The Mark to Market column and podcast have looked into both these REIT sector trends a couple of times, but there have been some interesting developments since the beginning of this year. Just a couple of days ago, activist fund manager Quartz Capital Management said it wants Maple Tree North Asia Commercial Trust to negotiate for better terms under its proposed merger with Maple Tree Commercial Trust. Quartz said in a letter dated February 9 that Maple Tree North Asia Commercial Trust is being valued at a steep discount to its net asset value under the merger deal and that the transaction is value destructive for its unit holders. This is interesting because when these two Maple Tree REITs unveiled their merger plan on the 31st of December, the consensus view in the market was that the merger favoured unit holders of the Maple Tree North Asia Commercial Trust over unit holders of Maple Tree Commercial Trust. In fact, right after the announcement, Maple Tree Commercial Trust fell, while Maple Tree North Asia Commercial Trust climbed. So it's not just unit holders of Maple Tree Commercial Trust who don't like the terms of the merger. We now have an activist investor on the side of Maple Tree North Asia Commercial Trust saying we don't like it either. In a separate development, last month, ESR Re and ARA Logos Logistics Trust modified the terms of their proposed merger, following pressure from two proxy advisory firms, Institutional Shareholder Services and Glass Lewis. The proxy advisors had raised two issues. One was that the terms of the merger were not attractive for unit holders of A-Log, which is a view shared by a lot of people, including myself. The other issue was that there had been a lack of transparency in the process aspect of the merger. In particular, the proxy advisors noted that ALOG had not shopped around for alternative deals. So ALOG has now negotiated for better terms, such that its unit holders will receive more cash and more units in ESR REIT under the merger plan. But ALOG has done nothing to address the proxy advisors' concerns about the manner in which the merger was hammered out. The mark-to-market column made this point on January 24, and it drew a sharp response from the CEO of ALOG's manager, Karen Lee, during a briefing held the same day. We note that there has been quite a lot of focus around our process. Again, in Mr. Ben Paul's article, I need to emphasize and make this very clear to everyone here, that we have been as transparent as we can be. We think the comments made are unfair. There are precedent cases in the market where when the sponsor merges, 
the REITs that comes under them go through a similar merger as well. And what we have done here, the process is similar. We are not doing anything that deviates from normal market practice. In this podcast, I'm going to address what ALOG's manager has said about the mark-to-market column of January 24. I'm also going to offer my views on why the merger of REITs that are part of the same sponsor group are becoming harder to pull off. And I'll give you my take on changes that could lie ahead for the REIT sector. First of all, let me say that I'm not trying to scupper the proposed merger of ESR REIT and ALOG. And I agree with their managers that merging the two REITs would solve the problem of their overlapping mandates following the combination of their respective sponsor groups. ESR Cayman, following its acquisition of ARA Asset Management, is a formidable and exciting real estate developer and investment manager. And if ESR REIT and ALOG were to merge they would be in a better position to tap the enlarged ESR Cayman's asset pipeline and grow their own assets under management. On the other hand, if ESR REIT and ALOG were to remain separate entities, they would essentially be competing with each other for their sponsor group's assets, which I think will be a big turnoff for many investors. The problem with this narrative is that it does not fully address the interests of ALOG's unit holders. The original merger terms valued A-log units at less than their market value at the time, and the revised terms still value A-log's units below their undisturbed market price. Why should unit holders of A-log part with their units for less than full market value in order to solve a problem created by ESR Cayman's acquisition of ARA Asset Management? In keeping with the ethos of the business times, the purpose of the mark-to-market column and podcast series has been to inform our audience and offer them alternative viewpoints grounded in facts and logic in order for them to be able to ask questions and engage in a sensible debate. Do I ever get things wrong? Of course I do. For instance, specifically on the proposed merger of ESR Reed and ALOG, I jumped to the conclusion last month that the revised terms would trigger a bounce in ALOG's market price because the revision was in favour of ALOG's unit holders. Instead, what happened immediately after the revision was that ESR Reed weakened and pulled ALOG down with it. And since then, there's been a lot of volatility in the REIT market and both REITs have fallen further. And at this particular moment, they are trading out of line with the terms of the merger, with ALOG trading lower than it ought to be versus ESR REIT. So when I said that ALOG would bounce, I was just wrong. I was too focused on the revised terms of the merger and did not pay close enough attention to the generally increasing bearishness in the REIT market. But when I make mistakes, I try to acknowledge and correct them quickly and openly, and I don't let it deter me from our mission of keeping our audience informed even if it occasionally irritates the management of some companies or REITs. Now, to be clear, I'm not accusing the managers of ALOG or ESR REIT of deliberately trying to rip off their unit holders. On the contrary, they're just trying to solve a problem created by their respective sponsors. So how should the proposed merger of ALOG and ESR REIT have been handled? Should they even be pursuing a merger? I'm going to talk about that next. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. The fundamental problem with mergers involving REITs that have common sponsors is that the managers are conflicted. The manager of the target REIT and the manager of the acquiring REIT are not incentivized to negotiate for the best possible price for their respective unit holders as they would be in a genuine arm's-length transaction. 
Consequently, even though most REIT mergers have succeeded, there tend to be pockets of discontent among some unit holders who feel, quite naturally, that they're not getting the best possible value for the units they own. This is not just their imagination. The managers of the target REITs in these deals often tell their unit holders not to think of the transaction as a sale of their units, but a merger where they will end up with a stake in a larger REIT. In effect, the goal of the REIT managers is not to obtain the best possible price for their respective unit holders, but to set a price that mobilizes sufficient numbers of unit holders to vote the deal through. Here is the CEO of ALOG's manager, Karen Lee, making exactly that point during the briefing on the 24th of January and chastising me once more. The merger process conducted for this deal is similar for all precedent S-REIT mergers. Unlike undertaking a sale process to maximize day one value, a merger is a strategic collaborative process undertaken between like-minded entities to jointly come together to maximize future value upside in a win-win transaction. We are represented by reputable financial advisors and legal counsels, and we are confident that the process undertaken is in line with market practice. So we strongly disagree with the views stated in Mr. Ben Paul's article. The manager of ALOG is right when it says it is only doing what every other REIT has done when pursuing a merger. But investor attitudes and market conventions and customs are dynamic. In the case of REIT mergers, with each successive transaction, investors are becoming increasingly savvy and they are recognizing that the bigger is better narrative is not the whole story. For one thing, Investors are realizing that the exchange ratios under REIT mergers can sometimes be out of line with the prevailing market prices of the REITs, which results in the market price of one REIT or the other suffering a sell-off. For instance, ALOG suffered a sell-off when its merger with ESR REIT was first unveiled on October 15 last year. Similarly, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, Maple Tree Commercial Trust suffered a sell-off when its merger with Maple Tree North Asia Commercial Trust was announced on December 31st. In another case, on the 10th of January, with the market price of its units sagging at the time, Maple Tree Logistics Trust denied rumours that it was about to merge with Maple Tree Industrial Trust. So we're in a situation where investors have become wary of REIT mergers for fear of being on the wrong side of the exchange ratio. REIT investors, I think, are also realising that even when they're on the right side of the exchange ratio, they are still sometimes being shortchanged. For instance, by the valuation of their units not reflecting the book value of the underlying assets of the REIT or the forward growth potential of the REIT's standalone distributions per unit. More importantly, investors are now showing a willingness to resist REIT mergers and campaign for better terms if they feel they're not being properly compensated under the deal. This is clearly being underscored by the criticism that the original merger plan of ALOG and ESR REIT drew from the proxy advisors and the willingness of cost capital management to mount a campaign to obtain better terms for unit holders of Maple Tree North Asia Commercial Trust in its proposed merger with Maple Tree Commercial Trust. So what can real estate groups like ESR Cayman and Maple Tree Investments do if they need to reposition their REITs? Are mergers still an option? Before getting into these questions, let me just mention again that the REITs have suffered quite a nasty sell-off in recent weeks, and the general mood of investors obviously shifts with the ebb and flow of the market. So it's important to acknowledge that concerns about micro-issues are sometimes amplified by macro-factors. 
If inflation and interest rates eventually stabilize a few months from now, it is entirely possible that the REITs may recover and investors might become less concerned about the downside of REIT mergers. Having said that, it seems to me that REIT mergers are going to become harder to organize going forward. Over time, investors will probably demand more and more transparency from the managers and sponsors of merging REITs. In my view, REIT managers and sponsors should stop benchmarking themselves against what was done in the past and try to get ahead of the expectations of investors. There are legitimate strategic reasons for REITs within the same sponsor group to pursue mergers. It's not that the bigger is better narrative is false, it's just incomplete. REIT sponsors and managers should realize that merely stating that an unpopular merger proposal has the unanimous support of independent directors is only going to make investors question the independence of those directors. And stating that there are no alternative offers on the table is only going to draw questions from investors about what the REIT manager has actually done to solicit alternative offers. REIT managers and sponsors should perhaps raise their game by giving investors and proxy advisors what they're asking for and ensure that a genuine effort is made by target REITs to solicit alternative deals before committing to a deal with the acquiring REIT. While REIT managers and sponsors risk seeing their assets under management decline, the confidence it would engender among REIT investors would likely be supportive of REIT valuations in general. More than anything else, strong market valuations are what keeps unit holders happy and makes REITs useful asset securitization vehicles for their sponsor groups. That's it for this episode of Mark to Market. You can follow my Mark to Market podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note. All analyses, opinions, recommendations and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.